0: Hi, my name is Stephen Luna. I'm the lead pastor of MWC Church. We're so glad you chose to join us for this podcast. My prayer is that it would be a blessing in helping you grow closer to Jesus and help you grow in your faith. Enjoy this week's sermon. We find ourselves this morning in this series called The Gifts of the Spirit. And I know that all of us approach this topic in, in a couple of ways. Some of us, man, we're just like, Oh, I love the gifts of the Spirit. Like I just I just want to start running the aisles and jump into the baptismal, we'll do some backflips down the front row. Like, like I, I get it. Some of us are just like, Oh, Pentecost, we we love this. It's your tradition. And and I'm not trying to dog on that because I, I think I think there's great, but but uh, I also know I want to be sensitive to the fact, because uh, the body of Christ is not about me and my my proclivities, my my preferences, it's about me being able to submit myself so that others can be lifted up. Um so so we know that there are two types of people those that are like you have a predisposition to be like "Ooh, i love pentecost i love the holy spirit i just want to start zapping people like i don't that's i don't even know what that means but maybe there's something out there um, uh, but maybe you're you're like how I was, and, and you kind of saw from a distance. I was raised in the Catholic tradition, and and I, and I saw um, some some abuses, what I would call them, and, and I saw some weird things late at night on on like that that local broadcasting channel. And I'm just like, ooh, that scares me, right? Like like these people are a little little out of the off the rocker. They they might love Jesus, but they they're a little weird, right? Uh, I I understand that we we find ourselves on, on two different islands, perhaps, and I believe it's the response of the church to recognize that and, and say, okay, forget about the tradition and for a moment set aside the baggage that you, you bring to the table when it comes to the topic of, of, of gifts of the spirit and if you've been jaded and hurt, go, let's, let's allow the spirit to, to help us set that aside and let's meet in the middle and find out what the scriptures teach. Let's, let's look away for just a moment from tradition which could have value as long as it's rooted in scripture and, and let's see what the word of God has for us. So I'm fully convinced that Uh, The last couple of weeks, we've painted a primer on the topic of the Holy Spirit, and we've specifically came to the conclusion of a couple of truths. The first one is this. This is foundational. We believe in the full counsel of the Word of God. We believe in the full counsel of the Word of God. There have been some who have said, if you're going to be a a church that allows the Spirit to move, that requires you to set aside the Scriptures and allow everything to to be led by emotion. Uh, we, we throw that out and we say, that is not true. Our emotions are submitted to the Word of God. So we believe in the full counsel of the Word of God. Everybody say, full. That's significant. Because of that statement, full counsel, we are specifically saying all of the scriptures are for us. We don't pick and pull our favorite passages. We don't create, I believe it was the, the Jefferson Bible where he took out all of the miracles uh, just left in the parables. He took out any instant of, of supernatural power and he was just like, just, just good old te- Jesus teachings. We don't believe in that. We believe in the full gospel. We believe that all scripture is God-breathed. So because of that, when we read through the portions of Scripture like in the book of Acts and we see some miraculous things where where John and Peter tell a man who was born uh, what the Scriptures call invalid, he he was was born crippled, uh, how, how they just lifted him up and he was healed. We believe that healing power is still available to the church today. Therefore, we also believe that the gifts of the Spirit as defined in 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter 4, and Romans chapter 12 are still available for today. They did not stop. They're still available. So we believe in the full counsel of God. We also believe that the supernatural experiences in the Bible are for today. And that the spiritual gifts are for, listen to this, why would we have spiritual gifts? Here's here's the reason. They are for the empowerment of the church. Everybody say power. power. They're for the empowerment of the church and for the glorification of Jesus. It's about him. It's always and only and forever will be about Jesus. It's for the empowerment of the believer and the glory of Christ. Lastly, we said that the gifts are to be used with care, self-control, and with love. If we attempt to use any gifts of the Spirit without any self-control, without any love, without any um, concern or for for, for the well-being of others, we shouldn't even be thinking and talking about them. We are leaning into abusing them. So that we have said that the spiritual gifts must be used with care, with self-control, and with love. To the individual who would say that the gifts of the Spirit have stopped, we have come to the conclusion, uh, I, w- I would summarize all of the last two weeks with this statement. If Christ's mission... For the church was for us to go and share the gospel with every living creature. Matthew 28, Mark 16, this is what is known as the Great Commission. Listen, Jesus doesn't just save you to give you a, a hell out of free membership card. Like, here you go, you, you'll never go to hell again. Like, like that, that, if you think that that is the purpose of grace, you are, are our short. Changing what grace truly is. God has called us to a mission, and grace is a power for that mission. But Jesus has called us to a mission. The mission is this go and share the gospel with every living creature in News Flesh. We have not accomplished that mission yet. There are still some places who have not even heard the name of Jesus proclaimed. But he says this, or I would say this, and we have yet to finish that mission. If we have yet to finish that mission, why then would God take away the tools and the power we would need to accomplish his mission? Our answer is this, he wouldn't and he hasn't. We still and continue, continuously need the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, what, what kind of parent would I be if I was like, all right, August, Aubrey, Desi, go wash the dishes. And the moment they get over there, actually, I'd be a good parent to say that, but uh, I'd go wash the dishes. And then the moment they get there, I'm like, all right, I'm going to take all the soap and all the dish towels. If, if I took every weapon, every tool, every, everything that they would need to get the job done, that would make me a bad parent. So God does not give us a mission and then say, okay, you no longer need the tools, it's time for you to just worry on your, lean on your own strength and on your own understanding and on your own power and on your own might. But, but everything that we see in Scripture says the exact opposite. It's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by my. Oh, yeah, you know, you get it. So the gifts of the Spirit have not stopped. There, there's no logical argument, there's no biblical theological argument. Like it, it's, all, it's all hogwash these days. So the main idea is this the gifts of the Spirit are here today to help us, to empower us. One function is for mission. I believe it's a complete travesty when Christians believe that the only pers- purpose for the Holy Spirit is to help us live holy lives. Uh, that, that was a, a huge teaching that came out of the holiness movement around the 1920s, uh, the, er- the early 30s. It was, it was the holiness movement that was running rampant. I would even say it would start with like the 1800s and, and it just took root in, in the church. And, and holiness is, is, is important. Does God desire us to be a holy people? You bet your bottom dollar. You bet you're bippy. (laughs) He wants us to be holy people. But if you presume that the only function of the Holy Spirit is to help you live a holy life, you're, you're missing out. The Holy Spirit desires to point us to the words of Christ. And what do the words of Christ say? To go and make disciples. So the Holy Spirit is to empower us, empower us for mission. How does he do that? Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're gonna be jumping in, if you have your Bibles, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14. These... Two chapters in scripture are like every Pentecostal's like dream. Like, they're like, oh, I love these passages. That, Acts chapter 2, like, they get them tattooed down their arms. Like, they, they love this. Uh, we, we love this chapter. Uh, and, and if you are someone who's just like, oh, I don't want anything to do with it, you're just like, I tried to avoid at all costs 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, and Acts chapter 2. I just want nothing to do with it. Uh, but, but we don't have anything to fear. Our, our God is not a God of fear. He did not give us a spirit of fear. So you don't have to be afraid. We are going to read these passages in their context. Let me just give you a bit of the context, what was happening in Corinth. The church in Corinth was a, a very a Spirit-filled church. They, they, they freely flowed in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, I mean, there there was literally reports of, of people in their services, and everyone is just, uh, not, not just speaking in tongues, they're screaming in tongues, they're rapping in tongues, like there's someone with a guitar. Playing guitar in tongues. Like, it's just, it's just crazy, chaotic. There is zero order. And then eventually Paul's like, yo, guys, like, I'm so glad that you move in the gifts of the Spirit, but, but we need some order. We need some control. Like, like, like let, let's not taper down the, the gifts of the Spirit, but let's at least bring some functionality so that it's, it's, it's beneficial to all people who are gathered. So this morning, uh, I promise no one's going to be playing guitar in tongues, okay? Um, so, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Look what Paul says. He says, now, About the gifts of the Spirit, Uh, the word now in the Greek there literally specifies that there was a previous question that was asked. So there was a question that the church in Corinth was saying, like, are we doing this right? And Paul's like, now about the gifts of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be um, unaware. Um, There is some truth that you all need to know is what Paul is saying, and I'm about to tell you. So uh, the, I would say that this is the same truth for us all. about the gifts of the spirit, God does not want us to be uninformed. He wants us to be fully knowledgeable of what they are, of, of how they function. Um, so, so that's the first thing, like we should not be unaware of the gifts of the spirit. In fact, second Timothy, said, or Paul said to Timothy, his protege. He was a pastor in Ephesus. He said, he would say like maybe 20, 30 years later after writing 1 Corinthians, he would say to Timothy, his protege, he would say this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 5. He said this, but mark this. He's warning him. Heed these words, right? There will be terrible times in the last days. Um, when are the last days? We're living in them. Now, these are the last days. Not because we finally looked at the presidential election and there was a certain person that was elected and now we're the last no no we've been in the last days the moment Jesus ascended into heaven uh, the person who stands on the corner says the, the end is near bro the end has been happening like we've been in the end the moment Christ ascended into heaven, heaven he inaugurated a new day age that was biblically known as the last days and we're getting closer and closer and closer to the second coming of Jesus he will return his return is imminent it is happening like a blink of an eye so Paul is warning Timothy what to expect in the last days. And he gives a long list, a long litany of things to look for. They, uh, kids want to obey their parents, and some of you are like, yep, this is how I know we're in the last days. Uh, but there's a long list. And among the lists, he brings this up. He says this. There will, um, verse 2, people will be lovers of themselves. Selfishness will run rampant. Continues on in verse 5. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. He's saying literally that the Christian faith will turn into a moral code and no longer be equipment for power against the principalities of darkness. There is coming a day where where it's all going to be self-help and how to live your best life now. (laughs) That was my southern accent, trying to be a certain pastor that I won't name because that's mean. But there is coming a day where people are going to be turned to. They're, they're going to give, over, give themselves over to what their itching ears desire. They're going to turn away from sound, godly teaching. And they're going to preach a form of godliness but deny its power. I'm telling you, we are living in those days. And Paul says, specifically, have nothing to do with such people. Now, he is not saying, like, give them the holy stiff arm and say, I want nothing to do with you. He's saying, close yourself off to such teaching. So, I'm here to say we believe in the full gospel. We believe in the full counsel of the Word of God. Now, we're not gonna give ourselves over to crazy, chaos, weird, awkward, uh, just uh, cringeworthy stuff. Like, we, we are gonna submit ourselves to the supernatural God and say, Lord, we want more. If you want more of Jesus, will you say amen? Amen. amen. So, have nothing to do with such, such things, have nothing to do with such teachings, such people who teach those things. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Look what he says. He says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Now, the first command there is easy, right? We sing about it. Love is all you need. Like the Beatles. Like we, we know this. It's been our society, our culture. Love, 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 love. Everybody wants to pursue love. But look what Paul says. He says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. You can't have one without the other. Those two things are are like so tightly wound, like, like one of those uh, rope twizzlers, right? Like like they 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 they, they you can't separate them. You got to eat them whole. Anybody who separates those pull and peel twizzlers, you are not my friend. Just kidding. He says pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Love is a, is a, is an easier thing to pursue. It's tangible. We can see it, right? But he also says to earnestly desire. The, the illustration that would be given in the original Greek for, for those words they earnestly desire, it would be the same if somebody was, was looking in the distance, awaiting for somebody to come, actively pursuing somebody. Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. In my heart, as your friend, as your pastor, is to say this. Let us be people who earnestly desire every good and perfect gift God has for us. If he is willing to give it, we must be willing to receive so earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. These are powerful things. When used correctly, the gifts are explosively loving. But when used wrong, they are explosively destructive. I know I can go around the room and talk to some of you, and you would have horror stories of how you've seen the gifts of the Spirit administered. Maybe for you it was someone who was running up to people just pushing them over during prayer. and uh, like I- I've seen it. I've seen these things. They're explosively loving when done right and also explosively destructive. It's tempting then to not use them at all. We must fight that temptation. We must fight that temptation. So 1 Corinthians 12 has for us a specific list of gifts known as the uh, manifestation gifts. Everybody say manifestation If we were to survey all of Scripture, the entire New Testament, we would see approximately 20, depending on who you're talking to, 20 or 21 gifts of the Spirit. Some of them lump pastor and teacher together, some separate, but depending on whose list you're looking at, you will always find around 20 or 21 gifts explicitly listed in four portions in Scripture However, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 has the longest and most exhaustive list, having nine just in that portion of Scripture alone. So for our intents and purposes, we're just going to spend time camping in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, So if somebody asks you, what did you learn about church today? We're like, we camped in 1 Corinthians 12. I don't know why you would say that. All right, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Paul says this, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each is given... The manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Notice the word given. Uh, it, this is not something that we earn. It's not something that we, 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 we purchase on eBay. Like The gifts of the Spirit aren't something that, that are going to be passed on from some person to another person. There is no um, like gene that is, that is given to you. Like my grandma spoke in tongues, so I'm going to speak in tongues because it's in our genes. Like, it's given to the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts. He is the gift giver. Uh, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good i cannot stress this enough all spiritual gifts are for the common good everyone should benefit if the holy spirit is moving or if there is a gift uh, expressed in one portion of the scripture or one portion of the body it, it should not be at the expense of anyone else it's for the common good it's for the benefit of everyone uh, and in fact, I would say this, unless everyone benefits, then we're using the gifts wrong. When Jesus is magnified, we're doing things right. It's not about you, it's about him in you. And the moment we allow pride to set in, maybe you, you have been used, or maybe uh, you will be used, the moment we allow pride to set in, it will be our undoing. We need to be vigilant against self-pride. But he continues on in verse 8 of that passage in, 1 Corinthians 12, he says this. Now, this is where we see the list of, of, of gifts. He says, "For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. And so far, this is where my, uh, some of my Baptist friends are like, oh, yeah, I love these. Yeah, these are really good, but then they stop reading because it gets to l- listen. To the another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another, working of miracles, to another, prophecy, To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, a.k.a. discernment of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. If we were to list out, I actually have a list that I created here. Here is a list of every single one of those gifts numbered in the order that they are given. Word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, faith healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning spirits, tongues, and interpretation. Um, we will spend time in every single one of those. And today, we are going to spend, I mean, today, if you came to church, this is a buy one, get one, because you're getting two gifts in one service. So praise hallelujah! like you're lucky. Uh, so there's two gifts. What are the, what are the two gifts That that we are going to be talking about today. They they go together like peanut butter and jelly. Uh, These these are like super close. In fact, I found some memes of things that go together. Uh, I got one for you real quick. Uh, We go together like Stevie Wonder and sunglasses. I never want to see Stevie Wonder without sunglasses. In fact, I saw them and I'm just like Stevie, just just put these on. I gave him mine. Right? Like uh, so 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 there's a couple there's two gifts that go together. Like I got another one for you. it says, uh, we go together like, like Chinese food and, and chocolate pudding. Let's face it. And Will Ferrell says, yeah, but those are two things that don't really go together. Okay, maybe not like Chinese food and chocolate pudding. Uh, or, Big Bang Theory fans, uh, you and I are like chlorine and sodium. We just go together. The gifts of the Spirit that go together that I'm going to bring to us today are, are this. Um, I, got, I made my own meme. Uh, we go together like the gifts of tongues and interpretation. So, if, you're, if you want to, like, get that girl that you've been talking to, like, girl, we go together like tongues and interpretation, right? <laughs> now, what kind of tongues are you talking about? That's up to you and the Lord, all right? Tongues and interpretation. Uh, these are two gifts, biblically, that, that should be administered publicly together. Uh, However, I I want us to be clear, if if, if we tease these apart for a moment, tongues, the first gift that is there, tongues is the only gift of the Spirit that we see or any, any of the manifestation gifts of the Spirit that have both a private and a public use. Um, so, so don't imagine that if you're praying in tongues by yourself that you just got to wait for an interpretation. Uh, no, there is a devotional aspect, a, a personal, private aspect of tongues, and then there is a public uh, a- aspect of tongues. The gift of tongues is the only gift that we benefit from in both private and public settings. So let me uh, do diligence and talk about private tongues for just a moment. Uh, private tongues... It's your own personal prayer language. It is, it is the result of the baptism of the Holy Spirit as seen in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19. Uh, we, we see this constantly in Scripture. I would submit to you that, that the gifts of tongues is given as a result of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you're like, Pastor, I'm, I'm wrestling with this. If you go back and listen to the first two weeks of this series, we jumped really deep into just this topic alone but uh, let me just summarize. What, what's the benefit? What's the purpose? Well, one, it's for your personal growth. It's for your personal edification. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4a, Paul explicitly says, The one who speaks in tongue edifies himself, builds up himself. Um, secondly, you are praying the perfect will of God. 1 Corinthians 4 14, chapter or verse 2, verse 14, says this, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries in the spirit. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Here we see Paul saying, listen, uh, when you pray in tongues, you are edifying yourself. You are praying the perfect will of God. I mean, there's been times where I'm praying and I just run out of words and I, I, I may, maybe something crazy is happening, or maybe not. The moment I begin to pray in tongues, I'm entering into a new level of everything I'm saying is perfectly aligning itself with not just the Word of God, but the will of God. Now, I would say this. Pray in your understanding. Absolutely. I pray in my understanding all the time. In fact, very rarely does someone come to me and say, hey, pastor, can you pray for me? And they come to me, and I just begin to pray in tongues. That's not benefiting them, because they don't know what I'm saying. Um, So sometimes what I'll do Or not sometimes. What I try to do when I pray for people is I pray the word of God. This is what I stand on. But I'm still limited in my understanding. I'm limited in my ability. I'm not Google. I can't memorize this. So what do I do? I pray in the spirit. Because then I'm praying the perfect will of God. I'm aligned perfectly. Um, The other thing is this. The gifts are available or the gift of tongues is available for everyone who asks and everyone is available to receive. Paul literally said in 1 Corinthians 14 uh, verse 5 he says I wish that you all speak in tongues. I wish that all of you could speak in tongues. Acts 2 38 39 Peter just finished preaching on the day of Pentecost and people are like, man, what is wrong with these guys? Because remember, they were terrified, and then they came out. They The tongues of fire rested on their head. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. They came out, and they began speaking Parthenian. They began speaking the same language of the Medes, and about 14 um, different nations were just gathered right then and there, and they're proclaiming the mysteries of of Christ, of God, in their own tongue. And and everyone's like, what is wrong with these guys? These are just simple Galileans. They specifically asked a question, are these dudes drunk? And then uh, Bartholomew's like it's five o'clock somewhere, and he kept speaking in tongues, um, but he, they weren't drunk. And, and Peter gets up; he's like, "We're not drunk, as some of you assume." This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he begins to give this beautiful sermon of Jesus, because it's all about Jesus. He empowered them for mission. They were afraid, terrified, and then they came out bold, emboldened by the gift of the Spirit. So they began speaking in other tongues, and they came out there. And then Paul tells, or Peter tells them this. He says this. He says, "Peter replied." Each of you must repent and be baptized because they asked the question, what should we do? What, what can we do? Their hearts were torn. Literally, it says that appears, their hearts were pierced by the truth of the gospel and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ and the forgi- for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, period. Pause. Let's stop there for a second. Some have said that this is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that comes at salvation. The moment you get saved, the Holy Spirit takes residence in your body. Praise the Lord. Amen. But I'm, I'm going to suggest that he's not talking about that, not just suggest. Because verse 39 explicitly clarifies. He says this, For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Paul, or Peter, is explicitly talking about the promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues. So if you are someone who has not, asked for this or has not received it or maybe you've been asking and praying for a long time and it hasn't happened let me let me just encourage you today don't stop asking don't stop asking keep pressing in keep pursuing we also know that Paul prayed in tongues private tongues he says this 1 Corinthians 14 he says I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you now he wasn't being a jerk he's like praise the Lord, I'm better than you all because I speak in tongues. He's like, no, 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 no! I, I, I'm so reliant on this gift of tongues. It, it's so important for me that I, I thank God that I speak more than everybody. It was one of those things that the Corinthians were probably uh, super, um, uh, maybe a little arrogant or cocky that they could, they could pray in tongues and speak in tongues and, and Paul's like, listen, I, 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 I pray more than all of you in tongues and I thank God for this. This is something that is so beneficial to me, he said. In 1 Corinthians 14 and 15, he he also says this. He says, what then shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, which means to pray in tongues, but I will also pray with my mind. And then he says something very unique. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. It is possible, and I'm going to say I benefit from this quite a bit, Not just praying in tongues, but even singing in tongues. Uh, there's times where if you see me on the road on Kellogg, like my hands are just out, out the sunroof, and like someone's like, Who's driving that car? It's the Holy Spirit. I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but there are times where, where I'm, I'm singing in tongues, and I'm just like, it's, just my, it's so edifying for myself. It's not creepy. It's not weird. It's it, like there's moments where I just like, feel the presence of the Lord like in the car. There's times during worship where I'm not doing it out loud because I'm not trying to draw attention to myself, but it's just my personal, private time of worship, and, and I'm singing in tongues. In fact, there was a time, I want to show this video to you guys. Um, I, I was lucky to capture it. Um, I was at a conference tra- called the Church Multiplication Network Conference. My, uh, my pastor, Pastor Terry, took me and about four other pastors from Kansas to this event. And, and there was just a beautiful, beautiful response at, at an altar. And everybody was just worshiping the Lord. They were singing a song that everyone knew. And I didn't know this was going to happen. But while I was recording this, it was so beautiful. You felt the presence of God everyone began to just break out in tongue. It was was just beautiful. I I want to show this to you. I don't know what language that was, if it was even an earthly language, but I want you to understand something. When you're praying in tongues, it's not always a a physical, earthly, human language. 1 Corinthians 13.1, Paul tells us, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels... There are some times when you are praying in tongues or someone is praying in tongues where it could be a language of, of, a, of, a, of a tribe or of a nation. And there are times, more often than not, I would probably add, that it's a heavenly language. But there are instances that in a public setting where someone does pray in a tongue and the interpretation that is given is an exact language. Numerous examples, numerous examples. In fact, I want to share one with you. Um, there is a purpose. So now, now let's, let's step away for just a moment from the, 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 the private use of tongues to the public use of tongues and interpretation. The public gift of tongues will always be followed up with a public interpretation. If there's ever a time in our service where we give pause, when we sense the Spirit just trying to convey something, because how many of you know, yes, God speaks through his word, but he's also a living God and he speaks through people. It's never going to be anything contradictory to the word of God. Don't you ever be afraid of that? It will always align itself beautifully with scripture. Always. The Lord's never going to say, hey, I think you should jump off a cliff. Never. He'll never say anything contradictory to his word. It's something we have to be afraid of, but I will say this. Every time there is a public use of the gift of tongues where it's loud enough for the body to hear, it should always be followed by an interpretation. Now, understand me. That interpretation is not gonna come by, like like God is not gonna just like download something in your mind and say, this is exactly what to say. So he's gonna take control and like, you know, in Star Trek when he's like, beam me up, Scotty, and they begin to, like, like that's not gonna happen. Um, I'll explain why in a second, but we need to understand this is foundational. Every public use of the gift of tongues will always be followed up with an interpretation. What's the purpose of tongues and in interpretation? What is, what's the purpose? Why do we have it? Like why? Why isn't? Why, why would some say, "Well, this is this is enough"? Well, there are times. I would never say that this is not enough. It's absolutely enough. But there are times where the gift of tongues is used as a sign for the unbeliever. Um, it's explicitly written in scripture is this portion of 1 corinthians 14 where paul says this so if the whole church comes together like we are today and everyone speaks in tongues and inquirers or questioners and unbelievers come in will they not say that you guys are out of your mind it's a rhetorical question the answer is absolutely they are going to say you're out of your mind But look what he says. He says, but if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, what's prophecy? We'll talk about that another week. But I would say this, that when you give a tongue and an interpretation, the interpretation is usually a prophetic word. It's a declaration of the Lord from the Lord to the people. Um, So so, uh, if an inquirer comes while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts have been laid before them. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. I want to share with you a story really quick. There was a time um, in the 1940s, there was a a minister by the name of H.B. Garlock. H.B. Garlock. He became, uh, he stepped out of uh, the States from from being a pastor to becoming a missionary to a a remote location in Africa. If, If my memory serves me correct, I believe it was in Tanzania, And he's there ministering to the people of Tanzania, who this is literally their first white man they've ever seen. And uh, he's preaching the gospel. He's preaching Jesus, him crucified and and resurrected and ascended and uh, coming again. Like he's preaching the gospel. People in Tanzania are coming to him in droves. I mean, it is beautiful to see what the, the work that the Lord is doing. They're coming to Jesus. It's powerful. However, there was in this remote location another tribe, of cannibals. I mean This was the 1930s, 1940s, I believe 1940s. Well, the chief viewed H.B. Garlock and his wife Ruth Annie viewed them as uh, witches. So they grabbed this pastor, this missionary, and brought them to this, this tribe of cannibals and they were literally, they were going to kill and physically eat them. They, they bound them. They tied them up. And H.B. Garlock writes in his memoir, obviously they didn't eat them because we got a memoir. But as he is bound, the flames are rising up above him. The, the chieftain is there ready to take his and his wife and I believe a, another man from the Tanzanian tribe that was in uh, the other location. He's literally about to, to kill them all. He begins to pray in tongues. 20 minutes straight, he's just praying in tongues, and it's loud, it's all audible, it's a public manifestation of the gift of tongues. It turns out that what he was speaking was the exact dialect, the exact language of this unknown people group, and he's proclaiming the wonders and mysteries of Jesus. Every single one of them fall to their knees, they begin to weep, and they all turn to Jesus. There are times where the gift of tongues will be a sign to the unbeliever that Christ is real. I found something out very fun. I learned about H.B. Garlock when I was in college. Fun fact, H.B. Garlock was a pastor here at MWC Church. Isn't that crazy? There I was in college learning about this guy, and he was a a pastor here in our beautiful 100-year history almost. But I believe this. When I found out that H.B. Garlock was a pastor here, I felt the Lord say to me in my spirit that those years where the spirit moved so freely and beautifully are not behind us. They are here now. And that God desires to use us to reach the world and our context, our city for him. And it's not going to be through our wisdom, our intellect, our marketing abilities, as important as those things are. It's going to be through the power of the spirit Paul literally said, That when I came to you, I did not preach in wise and persuasive words, but I came to you with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on men, but on the power of God. And I believe we are needing, so desiring a day where the church begins to rise up and say, it's not about me, it's about the power of Christ in me and through me, that you would see Jesus in me, that I would be able to see broken lives and lay hands on them and and bring healing and wholeness. And you know what, friend, I believe that if you're here this morning, God's desire is to use you you is to use you these gifts are not limited to a select few of leaders in the church it's for all people the promise is for all who believe but here's the thing specifically tongues and interpretation i'm going to end with this tongues and interpretation it's for the edification of everyone everyone should benefit There's never going to be a tongue and interpretation that is going to tear anyone down. That's not the role. No one's going to give a tongue and the interpretation is going to be, I'm so angry at you. If I was down there, I'd slap you upside the head with the King James Version of the Bible. Thus saith the Lord. Like that's never, ever going to be the case. Why? Because the judgment of God was taken care of 2,000 years ago upon the cross. Now, are there times where there's going to be correction? Absolutely, but there's always going to be a silver lining of hope, of grace. It's never going to be to beat you up or to tear you down. It will always be, specifically says, Scripture says, it's going to be for the building up of the body of Christ, for the edification of the believer, to deliver consolation and hope. It's never going to be angry, weird. It's going to be upbuilding. I want to read that passage to you. On the other hand, 1 Corinthians 14, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. He says, the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks. And tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up now in verse 26 through 33 he gives us eight rules we don't have time to jump into all those but i'm just going to really quickly list those rules you can mark your bibles and read these on your own time but he says this eight rules for tongues and interpretation it must be building up for the body it will never downgrade or degrade the body of Christ or any believer. It's never going to beat them up. It's always going to be for building them up. In any gathered setting, there should be two or three at most. Any more than that, you're jumping into chaos. Each person must take a turn. They must take a turn. Um, it shouldn't be interrupting. It shouldn't be anything weird. Um, verse, uh, the, the fourth one is, uh, it must be interpreted If no one can interpret, then speak quietly to yourself. Others must weigh and judge what is said to the word of God. We're going to hold closely. How much does this align with the word of God? We also know as a result, everyone learns and is encouraged. Here's an important one that I believe all of us need to hear. Anybody who is used in the gift of not just tongues, but especially interpretation, the spirit of God is subject to the prophet of God. I don't want you for one moment to think that God is just going to uh, just take control of your body and give an interpretation. That's not how it works. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So what comes out is going to be your own words, your own uh, emotions, your own understanding. You don't have to come up here and start speaking King James Version of the Bible. Thus saith the Lord, thou shalt like. No. I just I feel God would say to us this morning, and whatever it is doesn't have to be kooky, weird or old timey sounding you don't have to go to Silver Dollar City and put on some anyway, and lastly, God is a God of peace, not a God of disorder. No one will ever walk out feeling, oh that was uh no no, no, he's a God of peace, not a god of disorder. This gift is here to bless, so i I want to conclude this way. We still have time on the clock, don't worry. I want to conclude this way. I so badly desire the gifts of the Spirit to be active in my life. Uh, Some have said that it's impossible to grow a church with this kind of theology. And there may have been a time where I was guilty of thinking that way. Let's, let's be Pentecostal in worship but not Pentecostal in, in, in how we use the gifts. And if, if that was ever a mentality that I expressed or shared, like I repent of that because here's what I'm fully convinced of. I can't see a time where the Lord did not grow the church as rapidly and as powerfully as, did, as he did than the times that he was using the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, I study revivals like Azusa Street and the Toronto Blessing and different things. And I mean, I see just beautiful moments where God is showing up in powerful ways. I don't believe that the Spirit of God desires anyone to feel uneasy or awkward in this moment. The Word says that the Spirit of God is a comforter. So if you feel uneasy, let's understand it's because you have experienced things in the past or maybe you've seen things and you're just like, oh, let's allow the Spirit of God to set aside our our baggage and just trust Him. And here's how I want us to end. Yesterday we did the same thing. We're going to do the same thing right now. We're going to spend a moment in worship, sing a chorus. We're going to just worship Jesus. And then in the middle of worship, Bethany's just going to lay off singing for a second and just allow the music to go. And I want us in that moment... Um, if, you have, if you actively use, or maybe you were used in the past, or maybe you currently pray privately uh, in tongues, I want you to ask yourself, Lord, and not even if, if, if you have used, maybe you haven't used it, I want us all to pray this, but especially if you've used this in the past, Lord, do you want to use me? And here's what's gonna happen. Chances are he does wanna use you, but you're gonna talk yourself out of it. I've been there but I just want you to humble yourself and realize it's not about us. It's not about you. It's about Jesus blessing his people. So in that moment, if you feel that that is you, like God is clearly using you in that moment, to just be faithful. You don't have to scream loud. Just in an audible voice that everybody can hear. It doesn't have to be kooky or weird. Just in an audible voice. Just begin to declare what you sense, the spirit giving you as the tongue. And then when you finish, ask, Lord, do you want me to give the interpretation? Um, but the person who gives the tongue doesn't necessarily need to be the one that gives the interpretation. There may be another in this, in this room that has the interpretation for that public act of tongues. I want you to just, all of us, to pray, God, is this, is, is this my moment to bless the body through what you're doing in me? It's not going to be about you. It's going to be about Jesus. It's going to be about him blessing the church. In fact, yesterday... I gave our Saturday night service the exact same response, exact same thing, and um, I knew in my heart that God was trying to use someone. And the individual uh, who will remain nameless, uh, well, let me just tell you this, in the service, it it didn't happen. And I was absolutely encouraging, and I was like, listen, this is not a, a discouraging moment. We did not fail. If we started here, we ended here. And we're just gonna be more open and sensitive to the Spirit next time. But I know for a fact that somebody was given, and, and you, you just freaked yourself out. No condemnation. God loves you. He's not upset with you. Um, but if you wouldn't mind coming to me after service and, and just telling me so that I can encourage you and pray with you. Well, guess what happened? That happened. We didn't get it, and nobody was disappointed. Nobody walked away ashamed. We but somebody came up to me and they said, Pastor, it was me, it was me. I, I knew it, I knew it that it was me and I felt like there was just something holding me back and I just didn't want to. I was afraid, I was nervous and, and I was like, hey, if you wouldn't mind, tell me, text me if you wouldn't mind, text me what, what you felt the Spirit saying to you. And uh, she, she wrote to me, she's like, um, this is what I didn't say when I felt prompted tonight. The Lord would say to us, stop hiding from me. No longer rationalize away my calls. I am speaking. The door is open, but you must choose to walk through. I have never failed you, and I never will fail you. Trust me. That that was the message. There was somebody in the body who needed to hear that. Don't be afraid. Trust me. I've never failed. And yes, I could have preached that, but how powerful is it when the Spirit of God speaks that to his children? So can we all just stand up? It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him in this place. Bethany's going to lead us in a song. We're going to pause for a moment after we sing the chorus a couple of times, and we're going to give pause to anybody who's feeling the Spirit lead them in that way. They're going to give a tongue, and then we will wait for an interpretation. Let's go ahead and worship him. It's about you, Jesus. It's about you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We we want to call upon you. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your, your love towards us. Come on, let's just let's just place. Thank, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah! We praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your availability to us, God. Is there anyone else? Just one more second, one more moment. Come on, let's praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. 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 The message is that He's available to come to Him, not to run, not to flee that he loves us, that he's for us. He is not against you, friend. If there's anybody in this place who has been running from the presence of God, perhaps it's the call of God. Maybe it's one of your first times in church in a long time and you you know you've been distant from him and you were timid, intimidated by coming to church this morning because you thought the place was gonna cave in on itself. Let me tell you that he loves you he cares for you, every single one of us. But, but you explicitly, specifically, if you've been running, he loves you. Don't run from him. Run towards him. His arms are open. Come on, let's praise Jesus one more time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pray over you, church. God, thank you so much for MWC. Thank you for this body of Christ, Lord. Thank you that this is just the beginning of what you desire to do through your spirit, Lord. Father, I pray that we would continue as individuals, open ourselves up to your spirit in our lives. Father, we don't want to keep you at arm's length, but we want to embrace everything that you have for us. Father, as you speak this week, may we listen, may we respond. I feel the spirit is also saying to us, what we practice in private will manifest itself publicly. So to those of us who maybe you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, maybe you do speak in tongues, uh, my, my encouragement to you is to keep on praying. This week, don't give up, don't let out. Like set a time where, hey, at this time, I'm gonna go and pray in the Spirit. To those who are, are still seeking and acting and, or asking, don't let up, don't give up. He is not done with you. This gift is for all people. Father, bless us. We love you, we praise you. It's about you, Jesus. May you use us to be your servants in our homes, in our communities, in our workplaces, in our schools. Use us to be your hands and feet. We love you, God. You are free to reign and move in our lives, Holy Spirit. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Take care. Don't forget Growth Track. See you at Track. And that wraps up today's message. But we've got more on the way, so be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a future podcast. You belong here, so we encourage you to get connected. You can find us on social media or online at MWCWichita.com. That's MWCWichita.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week.